And you're very welcome to this week's edition of The Clash Act with myself, Eddie Scally, and I'm delighted to be joined this week by three guests on a very, very big week for the GEA with announcements that we're all getting back into the field. It's great that I'm being joined by Kilkenny Camogie player and personal trainer Katie Power, uh, duty manager and personal trainer with TJ Reid Health and Fitness and Kilkenny Camogie player Katie Nolan and director with TJ Reid Health and Fitness Richard Connolly. You're all very welcome today. We're going to start off with yourself, uh, Katie P. We're going to call you for today, if that's okay. Um, we're just going to start off with yourself, Katie. You've 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 had a really tough kind of 12, 14 months. Um, started with a, a dislocated finger, if I remember rightly, and it was a a pretty bad dislocated finger. And then it was kind of when you got back and got going again, uh, a broken kneecap. It, pretty much a nightmare year, Katie. Yeah, it was definitely a year. I Operations for that, um, and then another one in May, and then was getting back not too bad, happy enough with where I was at, and then broke my kneecap at the end of October. So, yeah, look, it was a difficult 2021, but um, thankfully it's behind me now, so just looking forward to the season ahead, and you know, hopefully I'll have a bit more luck going forward. Yeah, hope, hopefully, so say all of us there, Katie. I think you've had enough uh, nightmares for 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 anybody to to put up with, in, and especially in a year where where obviously um, the girls went on and and won in all Ireland. It must have been must have been kind of a I don't know how to even put it a double edged sword. On one side of it, the emotion and the joy of seeing your teammates and everybody going doing it, and then kind of a little bit of the the pain in the background that you're not out there on the pitch doing it with them. Yeah, look, it was extremely disappointing and. There was a sense of sadness as well, I suppose, but, you know, we play camogie because it's a team sport, it's not individualised, and, you know, when I came back up training after the operation, I came up on a condition that, you know, I didn't want people feeling sorry for me or any sympathy, you know, if I could, have, you know, say a few words or help out any of the younger girls, I would, and, you know, it was an hour or two a day that I was, you know, getting out of the house because there was nowhere to go, I couldn't do anything else. Um, and, you know, as, as a group, I suppose, I've been part of the group for a good while and the last couple of years, obviously, you know, the last three years getting getting so close, but yeah, we, you know, get hit to the final. All I wanted was for the Kenny Camogie to be successful and if I could be a part of that, you know, obviously it was very difficult to be, to be looking on from the stands, but as I said, you know, I'm not in it for the individual wrestling, I'm in it for the team side of things, so... Fantastic end to the weirdest of years for Kilkenny Camogie. Like they, we have been through an awful lot, I suppose, as a group and as a team. And you know, for the team to finally get over the line in December was I was absolutely unbelievable to see, and you know, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. And Katie, the, the the last question I'll ask, kind of looking back, it's it's the, the knee injury itself, like a, a broken kneecap. Can can you just explain? how it happened was it was it a slap in training or or, or what way or, or how did that happen it's it's sounds an excruciatingly painful injury as well I, I i must say that like when i heard it i spoke to brian a couple of weeks after it had happened to you and i you know my heart went out out to you because i was just thinking about the pain that you must have went through with that injury itself but i never actually no one had actually explained to me what happened or how it happened um yeah so it's a bit of a strange one because i actually broke the other one 
about six or seven years ago when it's last for her and that's you know how it happens you know 90 percent of the time but this time i was just literally in a training game running after someone and it was you know i was gaining her gaining ground on her but she was going to hit the ball i was going to hook her she decided to change direction and i went to go with her and that was it like, i don't really remember a hectic amount after that to be honest i just i'll never forget the pain of it i even thinking back on it now makes me sick but um yeah look it wasn't it wasn't nice and for that probably five ten minutes i was on the field uh, it was a pain that i've never experienced and don't want everyone to experience again but look i've two screws in there holding it together now so hopefully they'll stay sturdy for the year no, fingers crossed them screws are in properly, Katie, and you won't have to worry about it again. But no, fair juicy as well now. It's great to see that you're you're out the other side of that now and, and hoping to get back on the field this year. Katie Nolan, you had a very different year, obviously, uh, on the field of play. You had, you had, you had a wonderful year uh, in, in, in the Hurling Championship and you had, a, you had a really good game in the All-Ireland Final as well. I, 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 was, I was particularly... Um, I won't say I was surprised because I, I expect you to play well every time you play, but I thought in the All-Ireland Final, particularly in the second half, that you're... Your battling quality really stood out. I know you got a point in the game, but it was more the, the fighting when you didn't have the ball and, and the battling that, that really stood out um, and your fitness level as well. It must have been just just a brilliant year to be involved in Kilkenny Camogie. Yeah, it was really, really enjoyable. Um, I think as a team that day, we all kind of played well. Um, it was one of them matches where you never really wanted to end. You um, wanted to just go on all day playing. Um, yeah, not really enjoyable. And the lads, they brought real um, kind of professional set up to it last year. But then at the same time, there was that fun side to it too. So like, there would have been a few of us going in new, um, but we would have um, got on well then with the older girls too. So like, they'd be slagging us and we'd be slagging them back. And um, yeah, there was just a good bond and a good click there. Um, still, the whole winning the other and all hasn't really probably sunk in even yet. But we were back training there last week and about the ball was turning for about 10 minutes and after that you wouldn't be long about um, kind of having to put the other one side a new, a new year a new season and it's all everyone fighting for spots then again so. and for, for someone like yourself you're, you know, you're in the setup a couple of years but like last year was your kind of defining year in it going back to training I know you've kind of touched on it there it, like is it still do you go back training with a kind of a, a sense of you know a bit of a buzz is it still in your mind that you know we've just won the All-Ireland a couple of months ago or is it that's gone now and it's time to try and win back to back All-Irelands is it what's it like in training at the moment yeah so when we went back um, last week it was just first of all great to kind of see everybody again we had an all doing our individual training and there's probably only so much of that that you can do you get kind of sick of it so it was nice to go back and everybody wants to hurl matches so that's what we got to do um, uh, yeah it was enjoyable to just get back hurling with everybody no, 100%. And Richard, you're joining us there as well, there, at director with TJ Reid Health and Fitness. The, the reason we've we've pulled the, the three together today for this podcast is, obviously, the county players and, and elite athletes are back training as of now, but, but from possibly the end of next week, club players are going to be back in the fields and then they're, they're back into club competitive action from early in June. So, you, you know, from yourself, from your own side of things, Richard, um, in the gym, do you see it opening up pretty soon now with, with all of these things coming back online? I'd like to hope so. I suppose uh, with the club going back, you know, everybody talk about the club. You can talk about county all day long, but club is at the heart of it. So it's, it's absolutely amazing that we can finally get back to that kind of stuff. 
Um, you know, it's always community. People are back out in the field, they're meeting friends again, they're they're training away. Um, so I suppose if we can start with that and see how it goes, outdoor training, we'd like to think that we'll be outdoor training outside the gym here as well. Um, and trying to get people, I suppose. Some people have found their fitness and found their legs, and some people have let it go. So um, we'll, we'll move out hopefully next month. All right, so yeah, so next month or next week. And then it's come June, if we can get inside, you know, that would be, I guess, for for somebody who's been operating a business that's, I suppose, maybe out of the last 14, 15 months has been closed, nine to 10 of them. Um, and we've, we've had to pivot and move online which has been within reason a success, but I think people are now sick and tired of being inside, looking at screens, looking at me, trying to yell at people, looking at Katie, trying to get them up and moving. And uh, it'd be great to have that, you know, I suppose social aspect of it, you know, coming in, getting your workout done, and then maybe going for a coffee afterwards, having a chat, um, which is always so important to the other side of um, the health and fitness, because there is a mental aspect to it that, um, that isn't really spoken about and hasn't been really spoken about uh, all that much. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what way, uh, when coming back to the gyms, if that kind of alleviates for people that I suppose have struggled. Um, so yeah, but I, look, as a business owner, really, really excited to get back in, excited to get back in the team. You know, we, we have what, five, six staff here. We've got another five, six that, you know, rely on the gym as a place of work that they rent the floor or doing personal training, doing physiotherapy. So we have responsibilities to them as well to make sure that they can earn a living, pay their pay their bills, um, and then as well, you know, pay for a few nice things at the other end. And it's does it does it make it like I know obviously we need to get it open as quick as we can and, and, and get things going and, and, and everybody, you know, we we all really want to see a bit of normality coming back. But I remember last year you put a marquee up in front of um, TJ Reid Health and Fitness, and and I, I know it's not ideal, Richard, and you know, but it's it was still it was a progressive thing to do. Is 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 that what you'd plan to do in the next couple of weeks? Again, is you know, put some type of covering outside and, and train from there. Um, so yeah, I suppose you know, last year, um, <laughs> you know, we were writing the book. We didn't know what we were doing. It was a first for everybody, um, and. We've had a uh, fantastic weather. It's been unbelievable during the lockdown, if I remember correctly, April into May, and then it broke and it didn't really improve for the rest of the summer. So when we were able to go back out and train, and we were kind of looking at this going, you know, there's fucking down. There's not going to be people coming in. Number one, they don't want to be, you know, coming in for an hour or 45 minutes and getting soaked. Number two, nobody's going to do a spin class on a bike and the water spraying up at them and then bike getting or our side of it, I suppose, getting rusty and getting worn and damaged. Um, so I so suppose the marquee, we said, right, um, you know, take the sides off it, put up the roof, and it worked out really, really well. Um, but I guess it got to a point where I suppose we were able to move back in, and the marquee, while it worked to a certain extent, started getting cold again, and, you know, while... We do have a lot of athletes, a lot of say rugby players, GA players, soccer players coming into us that would be out training during the summer, or sorry, during the winter. You do have like, a certain clientele um, that wouldn't be out in that kind of weather, uh, be wrapping up um, when that kind of weather comes in. So uh, the marquee kind of fell at the wayside. For this year, you know, we're humming and hawing. You know, we've only got, I suppose, a bit of a roadmap from the government as of yesterday. 
Um, you know, the weather is nice, summer is coming, um, we're allowed back into the gym after a month. I don't know if I see the importance of the marquee. Um, and people kind of want to do get back into the gym, get inside and uh, really get stuck into it. So I think we might chance it and see how we get on. We have an AstroTurf section outside and we can accommodate up to 20 people and we've massive green space around us as well. So um, we did boot camps before for um, Tough Mother and stuff like that where we people outside going around the muck and we actually love this. It'll be interesting to see. We might just run with that and see how we get on and, uh, and go from there. Oh, 100%. Brilliant. And I, and I'll watch this space uh, to see what, what initiatives you come up with this year because it is it is great and, and it's so important for people. I mean, uh, you know, I know from my own clubs that I'm involved with myself, lads are just mad to get back going again and, and, and just get up and running. So it's, it's it's people like yourselves that's going to get us going again quicker. So, you know, fingers crossed everything goes very well. I want to just switch your attention now to the spe- specific reason that I brought the tree in today and that's just to talk about teams coming back now and, and individuals really kind of looking at it from your own perspectives and from your own expertise and I, I'll talk to yourself first Katie uh, Power just you know we're going to have there's been a big break for club players um, most club players would have stopped hurling in September October uh, and they're going back into a field now in what are we now it's it's going to be May before they get going again so there's you know it's five month six month gap there where most of these lads would be only used to kind of a two month or three month window and um, I know myself from talking to the, some of the lads that they're telling me they've wintered quite well um, so I'm sure there's going to be a bit of puppy fat to be bet off them when we get them into the field but I want to ask you about players coming back just with, with niggly knocks some players that maybe picked up an injury during last year's championship and would have had to sit out uh, the winter season and they're coming back in they're going to be you know they're going to be mad eager to get going and the championship's going to start quite quickly for them so you know there's going to be that fear that if I'm not up the super fitness levels quickly I'm not going to get into the team so I just from your own experience, and what what way would you recommend for for a player coming back from an injury, getting back into the setup again? Well, firstly, like if they're coming back from it from an injury, I personally don't think that they should be going, you know, in training fully with the team for a week or two. You know, if they haven't been doing, most teams have been given stuff to do, you know, since probably February the last the last couple of weeks. Most people are skipping away anyway. Uh, let's say if an individual wasn't doing that due to injury and they're in rehabbing, I would not advise going straight back in with the team because, you know, they might be fit in terms of their rehab, in terms of their own injury, but they're not going to be, you know, pitch-based fit as someone that was doing their runs, doing their exercises three, four days a week. So even though they might feel like they're okay, I'd definitely give yourself a week, definitely two, um, you know, to get back running yourself on the pitch, maybe coming in and out of drills that are, you know, a bit more simpler and see how you are there. Like, I know everybody, and it's easy for me to say that, you know, looking into the screen, talking to, your, talking to yourself, but I know, even from experience, that you'd be absolutely dying to get back in with the team and back into the drills, back into the game. But, you know, when you break down, you know, you're setting yourself back realistically another, you know, could be a month, like, you know, minimum a month and the way things are going with the COVID season is shortened. Anyway, if you miss an extra month of training, you know, you can give the wider your chances of you to get back on the team, you know, regaining any bit of fitness. So that's why I just think it's so important, you know, to really just think about it and, you know, ease yourself back in. I know, you know, you might be under pressure from managers, etc. but you know, if the managers, you know, really know their stuff, they're not going to be forcing you to go back in. 
So if, if, if you were going to a training session yourself, you know, in that type of a scenario, you'd, you'd take part in the warm-up with the team and then maybe, you know, if they're doing something more strenuous, like the maybe heavy sprints or, or you know, long runs or something like that, you, you kind of say, right, work to your own kind of level, step off to one side, maybe do a couple of laps of the field or something like that and then step in and out of drills. Is, 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 that, is that how you'd actually you'd, you'd manage it yourself for the first few weeks? Yeah, for sure. Like, obviously, let's say injury tends, you know, like if you're coming back from a hamstring, let's just say, and, you know, you're just there, what I do is, you know, do your warm-up at your own pace. Um, if you're going into heavy sprints, you're coming back from a hamstring injury, you're not going to be able to sprint full belt. So go off and do your own runs at maybe your 70, 80%, your own 70 or 80% capacity. If they're going back into fall drills, then that you're able to do it without sprinting to work away. They might be playing a match in training, so, you know, set out drums drills go to the wall ball things like that um yeah so coming in and out with training obviously depending on what time you are in your injury you know, if you're just back you can obviously do a small bit more if you're you know in the middle of the road i'd probably stay by yourself do your own bit of training on the side for the first couple of weeks and and katie katie just like there is there is a tendency as well as you've said that, that the season's a little bit condensed and you know managers you you would hope managers that have enough sense not to be putting you know huge pressure on players to come back but like like nowadays every team has a physio involved with them they've they've a manager there that, that can talk to the physio and do you think that you know managers have to take a bit of responsibility here as well that they're talking to the physiotherapist and actually helping an injured player coming back to to plan the session for that injured player so if you're on my team, Katie, I'm saying, right, Katie, myself and the physio have had a chat today and this is this is what we want you to do. You know, you go over there and, and work away with that and maybe have somebody kind of helping you and assisting you. Do you think maybe it's managers need to put their hand up and say, look, you know, we're going to mind our players and, and get them right together with the player? Yeah, for sure. Like, I know the managers are there and they're under pressure as well, you know, to get results. But, you know, you're not going to get results in training. You're going to get results in championship and you're going to need that player to perform well in championship. So like that's the case, you're gonna to have to mind that player coming back from injury. Um speaking of, like in this day and age, most clubs have physios, most people have, you know, people going about their rehab, they have people coming and going. So yeah, the, the manager definitely needs to interlink with the physiotherapist or whoever's person is going about rehab. Um as I said, look, it's easy for me to say managers should listen. I know they're under pressure and they're itching to get people back, but you know, they're not going to win a championship game by slogging their player, you know, the first two or three weeks back. It's about easing them back and getting the best out of them in championship. No, 100%. Katie Nolan, Katie Power kind of, and Richard had touched on that, you know, Katie Power had said it, and Richard had said it as well, that, you know, lots of players will have been given programmes to work at from home, um, you know, over, since probably February, you know, even for the club players, they would have been given them programmes. Uh, speaking as a manager that sent out programmes to players since early February I can assure you that when I see these lads in the field I'm fairly confident that a percentage of them would have done this programme uh, from your own experience is it is it is it very difficult to do these things on your own at home like as Richard had said about looking down the, the lens of a camera is it is it very hard to actually focus and do these training sessions at home at your own like you would have been for the last couple of months yeah I'd say the novelty kind of wears off after a while at the start everyone's going around thinking they're kind of professional athletes because we're just training all day but um after a while yeah it gets tough you're doing the same thing on your own the whole time um yeah i think just when you go back team training um you, you should um have already added in stuff like jumping and landing and turning and 
sprinting and all of that because a lot of people are just going out and doing say their five k's or their interval running but i know if you go back to training there last week um you can do as much of that as you want but the day after you're still going to be broke up after playing a match like after all the the turning and all um we were lucky we had a good kind of strength and conditioning program to follow and Again, like all the jumping and the landing and turning was all added into it there near the end. But um, yeah, you had John Hall on the podcast there a while back. I was listening to it. So he's a fellow club um, mate. And John always says, I was just play as many matches as you can. And I'd say I have to back him on that one. Um, but, so, yeah. but like, it's, it's an interesting one that you touch on there. And, and I, I've seen it myself with, with players that they're, they're insanely fit. And they go out onto the field and next thing they get met with a shoulder or a belt during the game. And it just, it seems to suck the air clean out of their body. And our, our really, really fit players can take that and carry on. But just the point that you're making about the, the, the turning. I mean, I've spoken to maybe eight different clubs who are doing programs that are 5K runs or 10K runs or a mixture of 5K runs and 10K runs. These lads are going to be coming back into the field at a fitness level for running 5Ks and 10Ks. But it's it's they're not at the fitness level that that we require for camogie or hurling at that stage. That's is that what is that what you're saying that it's you need to work on much other things like. They're, yeah, so they'll be able to run all day at one pace, but like they won't be able to. Well, they might be able, but they'll tire out quicker, say sprinting and just lasting the whole match. Um, yeah, no, your five k's and ten k's are good, but you probably need to make it more like match specific then as well. And for the people coming back into the field. Katie, like they're they're coming back into the pitch after been doing the five and ten k's for the last number of weeks. Like f- from from your perspective and your 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 experience in, in personal training, what way do you think the managers should be kind of structuring the training sessions when they come back for for the club teams? If if you were involved with a team, what way would you try and structure the training session in the initial stages? Because I I'd like to think there's some base work done at this stage. So it's just that first week back. What do you think tra- managers should be focusing on? Um, yeah, so I think everybody's going mad for a match. So underage, I'd say throwing the ball and letting her away. And then for the older people, they probably won't be as flexible and mobile at that. So just make sure you're getting in a good warm-up. Um, and maybe only start with, say, 10 or 15 minutes of a match on the first night and see how many people end up kind of cropped after that. And then add on the time, add on the times then as the week goes on. You can make matches that bit longer. Because everyone's mad to get back hard and ball done enough running and Stuff like that. So, yeah. and either of the cages, I'm, I'm happy for either of you to answer this one. I, I, I'd seen a, a, a yoke with Tipperary senior hurling team a couple of years ago, and it said about the training sessions that there was a fear of this thing that they were calling a boil over in training. And it's it's just on the point that Katie Nolan is saying there, and she's 100% right. Everyone's going to be just mad to play, play, game, game, give me the ball, give me the ball, I want to play. And you have to bring the training session down just a little notch that they're not at this mad explosive kind of eagerness to, to, to rock out and drive on like I mean I'd say I could throw in a ball there between two teams and let them at it for about 45 minutes or an hour and they'll just keep banging away at it you know is there is there something that, that management can do to kind of taper that enthusiasm back just slightly that people don't fly into stuff too eager it's like new cops going out for the first time people <laughs> made a match like they were just so excited and even Tuesday when the girls were playing a bit of a match same thing everyone was just buzzing but I'd be firmly on the same point as Katie like for the first week or two 
let's say the management could introduce maybe conditioning games where you're still doing a bit of hurling but you're getting that running in instead of actually doing more just running on its own with players because everyone is fairly safe of running by themselves but those conditioning games you know they're tougher than any runs yeah they're really really tough and you know it is game specific so you're still technically playing a match by the you know saying like play play a game for 20 minutes and i know everyone's going to be itching to play another 20 but play a 20 minute match the first week introduce your conditioning games which is a form of a game and you're getting your runs in and then like as the weeks progress go into the 30 minute game 40 minute game and you know reduce your runs and reduce you know the mass conditioning games from there and just just one of the points that Katie had, Nolan had touched on a little bit earlier was she was saying about playing with the older players um, and she referred to herself as one of the younger players. I assume, Katie Power, you're one of the older players then in, in Katie's head. Um, so the, 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 question, the, question I, the question I'd ask you, other than what you're going to do to her after the show, but, other than, but, but genuinely, have you noticed in your career the, the training patterns improving, the, the methods that are being brought to it. I know Katie Nolan had said that the lads brought a very professional setup to the senior team this year, but I'm on about the actual structure of training sessions. Is is it massively improved over the last 10 or 12 years? Yeah, yeah that's Katie Power, yeah. So, like, I, it's, unders- it's just totally different. You know, there's there's not even a difference because it's so big. Um, when I started playing senior, like, it was a good while ago now, and, you know, the commo- let's say the seniors weren't you know, as dominant, we weren't even getting to semi-finals. So there was a good few of us actually brought up when we were really young, like too young. We were only about 16, like myself, Denise, um, you know, Clint Armour and Dalton. Those girls were about 18, myself and Denise were only about 16. So every, like to be fair now, every two or three years, like since then, I had got better. And, you know, when Anne came back in in 2016, like things just kicked off to a level that we hadn't experienced before. And even though we were getting to all Ireland previous to that, we hadn't experienced professionalism. Um, so t- since 2016, to be honest, things have been at a very, very high standard. And, you know, then when Brian came in two years ago with Anne, there was a huge amount focused on hurling. Like, so let's say we were going to get fit through hurling games. And, you know, he's nearly the same ethos, I suppose, as like Brian Cody likes to play games. That's how you want to get better and better. And, then last year, obviously, you know, I was involved that before I got injured and it was the same thing, like, you know, we were getting fit through hurling and, you know, you do your pre-season, you do your running, you know, before you come back into the county, you know, obviously you weren't allowed to train anyway, you do your few runs, but, you know, how the learning curve comes and same, you know, Tommy Jeffers say the same, it's just play a match and you're not going to learn, you know, it's the biggest and the hardest fitness that you can do because, training at the moment you know we're, we're extremely lucky to have so many people fighting the place where we probably didn't have that in previous years and i suppose that's how much more we can has moved on you know maybe in previous years you'd know probably 10 of the girls that straight out that are going to be starting and you know people would be fighting maybe the last four or five sessions but this year like literally anyone could be marking anyone in training and you know katie could play well on zones with the next day she could go out and mark the same person the next day her marker could come out with two or three four or five balls like so it's just a testament I suppose to Komogi and Kenny itself that how far things have come as well like like even on the on, on the point that you're making about the, the training with them themselves 
what I'd ask is like if you if you think back to your very first year involved and I'm like I'm not knocking management teams from previous years this is something I've noticed across the board in in, in all sports in Ireland over the last 10 or 12 years I was involved with a team 10 years ago and I remember they brought in a, a dietitian uh, to work with the team and uh, on the first training session on the way home on a bus I got handed the sheet of paper and it was basically the diet plan and, and like I, I lost that I lost the plot altogether because there was 30 people behind me on a bus and they were all after getting the exact same diet plan and I said this can't make sense like I've lads behind me there that are two stone overweight and I've lads behind me that are underweight and they're all being told to eat the exact same stuff but at the time that's that's where we were but now I'm sure like that's what I'm just wondering about the, the differences in say your very first year involved with Kenny what was involved with personally jobs that were given to you to do on your own versus say your last season involved with Kenny where I'm sure you were given you know proper diet plans you were given proper training plans for yourself to do on your own it's like is it that case that it's actually just gone 100% the other way yeah literally 100% I wouldn't say any more than 100% or anything less sorry than 100% because you know when you came in first you know I suppose even like talking about Camogie itself the game has progressed a huge amount like there was, you, you know, you, when I rocked on first, like, you might have physio training every, every training. You'd, you'd have her at a match, like, or have him at a match. But, you know, now we have physios, we have doctors, you know, we have dietitians, we have psychologists. We get trained. We get food after every training. GPS is, yeah, like, we get treated nearly the same as the lads. And whereas, even, like, even realistically, five, six years ago, that wouldn't be the case. So, yeah, things are 100% after going to full start that's only for the better and I do think you know there is still some small areas that can be improved in terms of gender imbalance and stuff like that but I think the Kenny itself were looked after extremely well compared to other counties and you know why not I suppose you know we train the same as the lads it's essentially one time like you know even on your day off you're still thinking about the training the next day and preparing for the next day and you know when you're in season it's it's 100% you know, I know I'm saying that and people will be saying, oh, maybe that's not, you know, sustainable, but we make a choice to play and we love doing that. So, you know, why not do it for as long as we can when we can? Yeah, no, no, you're, you're, you're dead right. And I think... I'd be a massive supporter of of the the, the Camogie Association. I'd be a big supporter of ladies football as well as as a big supporter of the GEA and and even in horse racing, which I'm heavily involved with. Obviously, we're very lucky that we have Ireland's greatest uh, female athlete in, in in probably the world's greatest female athlete at the moment in in, in Rachel Blackmore, um, who we just refer to as a jockey because if you call her a female jockey, you get a thump in the back of the head and you'd be reminded that she's second only to Paul Townman at the moment in the standing but when you see somebody like Rachel Blackmore um, ladies doing doing what she's doing does does it inspire you at all or what way do you think about that? Yeah she's she's some woman so she is um, it's great to have like um, idols like that to look up to to say when even when I was growing up someone asked me who my favourite Camogie player was I probably would have named her harder because apart from my own clubmate I probably wouldn't have known anybody else so um, yeah, it's great to see women doing it on really big stages like that. It was it was very unfortunate. I I, I got involved in the twenty twenty campaign that if if you can't see her, you can't be her. I'm not blaming you now for the global pandemic, but the timing was pretty poor. Unfortunately, it didn't it didn't pan out the way we'd hoped. That the, the if you can't see her, you can't be her. The twenty twenty campaign where they were going to try and increase the coverage of 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 female sports on TV. Um, the the one 
area I would say that and I just to take your own opinions on it is the TG Carter coverage of the ladies football has literally I think it's really blown the ladies football popularity out of water and even now at the moment uh, watching Orlo Dwyer and Cora Staunton and, and some of the other girls out in Australia playing in the compromise rules TG Carter are doing you know Trojan work to promote female sport yeah, I think um, we're going to chime in on here. Um, TJ Carr are flying out there for Camogie, um, as you said, the AFL as well. But uh, RTE, you know, if you look into female sports within Ireland, uh, the female rugby team is the first team ever to beat an all Blacks team outside of Munster. Um, you know, they did it before the senior uh, males did it. And then you look at Rachel Blackmore and she's kicking ass what she's doing. But we always knew that was going to happen. You know, she was... The only jockey that we ever had in here doing personal training. And um, when you saw her coming in and her commitment to it, where you know, she might have been in the yard at six o'clock and finished at three, and then she'd come over here for half three, and then after a hard day's work, another hour. And, um, you know, no doubt she had success. And then when, well, I consider myself very, very lucky to be surrounded within the GA spheres of uh, you know, Katie and Katie and then your TJ lesser known um, around the gym for his successes. But it was interesting when Bush came to show that, you know, Katie came back into work after having a few days off in the All-Ireland we had to, we were applauding her, you know, and it was great to be beside TJ and applauding women's come in because they were now the most successful women here. They were our shining lights and no doubt with all the hard work that they put in. So when it comes to a female sports really, really pushed on and TJ Carr, yeah, they've been Great for it. Unfortunately, as you said, the pandemic kind of you know, ruined everything a little bit last year. But yet again, we still had a, an amazing championship with amazing quality of hurling um, for the final to watch. You know, as you alluded to, and Katie Nolan there getting stuck in, getting the stick in second half, playing really, really well. When they went ahead, we were kind of going, oh, this is going to be the monkey on the back again. And the ladies managed to get off. But, um, you know, no doubt they'll have success again this year. No doubt TG Carroll will step in and push it on. And no doubt it's great to see, I suppose, a lot of um, a lot of people on Twitter that would have quite a following as well stepping up and talking about ladies' sports and really putting it at the forefront and not just to the side. Um, and I think that's really, really great year ahead of us. And we're looking forward to it. Do you feel like, I know like the All-Ireland final this year, the Camogie final, girls, was, was like it, it was a good game you know, without being harsh, and I, I've kind of said it before, I, I, I'd expected you and I tipped you to win the All-Ireland very early in the year, so I'm, I'm delighted with that, um, that I that I, that I correctly got it right for the first time ever. But but in the final itself against Galway, uh, I'll ask Katie Nolan this one, it's just, I felt during the game that, was it a case that it was nearly like a game of chess? Katie, you were watching it from the stands, so, like, I remember at halftime one of my friends texted me and said, what way do you think it's going to go? And I said that, I didn't know the Galway players enough if you know what I mean to, to see what, what they had left in the tank but I felt the Kilkenny players had a ton left in the tank that we you know when I say we I mean you, you, you weren't hitting the heights that I'd expect you to normally do or playing at that ferocious level was it did it feel like that in the game in the first half yourself that you weren't at your own usual best number one and number two was it was it if it was the case was it a bit of nerves a bit of tension or what was it I, I, I don't know I just I felt in the second half that you were much more like the team I'd seen all year yeah we probably weren't first half. Um, I don't think it was nerves or tension either. Um, I don't really know what it was, but, but there was no one panicking. Like I don't know, I had a really good feeling about the whole thing. Um, it was unusual enough. But 
yeah, um, the second half of this went out, we all fought like dogs. Um, and in a way, I just don't think we were leaving there without winning um, or else giving it our best shot. Um, yeah, no, we had a good feeling and we, I don't think anyone was panicking or anything like that. I was panicking watching it. Katie Power, were you panicking? No, I actually was, even in the semi-final, like, it's so hard to watch. Like, it's actually way harder to watch a match. Oh, my God, I was dying. But I I literally, I never thought they were going to lose. And even in semi-final, as I was saying, like, they were down seven points, I think, the first five or six minutes they got back. Um, but, yeah, there's just such a sense of confidence. Whereas, like... The last three years, right, we lost and everyone was like, everyone's confidence was in their boots and, you know, we're a question ourselves, are we good enough, this, that, and the other, but Brian and Tommy and the boys literally tell the girls and tell us every single training how good we are. Just every training, tell us how good we are, they believe in us, believe in ourselves, and eventually that just feeds through, and I kind of do agree with you that I don't think as a team that we played to our capabilities in the semi-final or the final. As Katie said, there was no way we were coming out without the win. So whatever it took to win, you know, they just grinded it out. Like, we didn't play to our max for potential. But, you know, you're just going to have days like that. And, you know, get over the line is the main thing. It doesn't really matter, I suppose, how you play in the big days. Um, I think it was nice to go into the final as underdogs. Uh, the girls were so relaxed and... You know, maybe not having the crowd there and stuff and having the two new players coming into their first final as well. And, uh, like, it's... Uh, the crowd, it's... It, 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 it was a bit of a strange one, Um Katie Nolan, you, I don't know if you've experienced an all. You definitely you didn't experience an All Ireland final on the play with with with, with a packed stadium uh, yet in your career. But did it make a massive difference? I'm going to ask that to Katie Power now. Does is it a massive difference with no one there? Like, is it you know from from the players' perspective, you know, it, did it feel the same? I know this sounds silly, like, but I know the journey into Crow Park going in under the stands with the bus and the whole. I'm sure your heart's racing at that point, but. Um, just going out into a stadium with nobody in it, d- does it feel like an All Ireland final? You know, do, do you know what I mean? I know when the ball's thrown in and the match is on and that's it, but but was there a much different feel to it? Um, like I know people might be like for the Camogie All Ireland, oh, there's only twenty five thousand thousand people at it. Oh, you don't hear yourself thinking. You can't even if you call for a ball, you don't even know what the person next to you is going to hear because. I used to play in the front of those crowds, you know, semi-finals are going to be max 5,000 at, you know. So, um, going into Ireland, just from talking to a few of the girls, look, it was unbelievable. And they didn't really take much notice of the no crowds all year, because they were used to it all year. But one thing they really did miss was, let's say the girls that had won in 2016 as well, they really missed after the final, you know, meet their families in the stands or you know, just meet people, their friends or their partners and stand after the game. And they said that was obviously, you know, a bit a bit disappointing. But, you know, it's better to, to meet them at home with the cup than without the cup, I suppose. So, you know, they'll take it anyway. But they did find that part strange, I suppose. 
And Katie, Nolan, you're, you're, you're obviously going to hopefully get to experience this year. I see on the government guideline there that they're saying um, mass gatherings in July. So that should tie in well for, you know, the All-Ireland semi-finals, All-Ireland finals in the Camogie. Um, is it something that you'd, you'd love the, the opportunity to do? I know Katie was saying about 25, 30,000 people in Crow Park. I, I've been at many Camogie All-Ireland finals and I can assure you 30,000 people make as much noise as 80,000 when a, when a game is at full belt. Uh, is it something that you really hope to get to do this year? Yeah, um, in 2016, I got to play with the Intermediates in the All-Ireland, and I don't know how many was that at the side of the Hogan was kind of full, but I remember a ball went down into the corner, and it's the same thing, there was kind of just a bit of a roar, and like the skin stood up in the back, of my, or the hair stood up in the back of my neck, so I don't know how the lads do when the place is full. Oh God, I'd, I'd lose it all together, I don't know what I'd do, but yeah, um, oh yeah, for sure, it's probably the dream, like playing a senior All-Ireland, and then as many people as could be there to be there. No, well, fingers crossed we, we'll get that this year for you. You know, Richard, sorry. Uh, sorry, Eddie. I just, would you think that the hurl would be different then? You know, if there's no crowd, you can hear a pass. If somebody can't for yeah. a pass in 20 yards, but normally... You can't hear in. that. You can't hear a pass. Like. And does it change the game? You see, like, this year I didn't play with no crowd, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it does change the game. Do you think it does? I think it makes it more relaxed. Yeah. But yeah, you can actually hear each other talking on the field. Of them. Yeah, like an all Ireland final or even semi final before, like, it wouldn't, you know, you're just relying on, you know, people knowing your runs and people knowing your passes, like, which you do know anyway, to be fair. But, um, yeah, that's, that's actually a good point to be more relaxed going into the final, yeah. We, we, we'd spoken to Taggy about this. Um, obviously, Taggy didn't play in front of empty stadiums this year, but Taggy had said that in an All-Ireland final, you could stand and scream as loud as you can at corner forward to the full forward, and he will not hear you. He will not... Yeah. Not not a chance. He will not hear you. And he said, you'll only annoy yourself. He said, you have to walk over and literally shout in his ear if you want him to hear you. So, as Katie has said, it's, you're relying on the runs. And even, I find it laughable sometimes. You see the managers on the line and they're shouting instructions and they're waving their hands. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm five yards behind him and I can't hear him. And the player he's shouting at's 85 yards away from him on the other side of the field. He most certainly... But that's why you've Mayor Fairness running in left, right and centre with instructions and... Dublin lads catching balls in Nolan Park when they're meant to be giving instructions to players on the field. It's, it, you know, it's 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 probably a very a different thing, but I still think you might be a little bit more relaxed, girls, playing in front of an empty stadium. But I'm sure the tension is still there. It's still the All Ireland final. Like you don't need anybody to remind you that that that's what's going on in the field. And I said it, you know, that's still in your head. Every ball that's fired in is it could be the last ball you're getting in an All Ireland final. So, um, hopefully we won't have to worry about it this year. Hopefully we will get crowds back in, um. Yeah. Before, before I finish up with you, and I just want the three to come in on this and take as long as you like and explain it, but I just want you to kind of build it for me, for for, for, for the, the, the building up to get back going, and I'm specifically aiming towards adult players, both female and male. They're back in the field. It's just the structure for the next two weeks. They've got two weeks now to prepare themselves to be back in the pitch. So what I would like is a little bit of advice with regards to their diet, what they should be doing. Whoever feels their best position to answer these, their diet, number one, is what you'd recommend they look at doing themselves. Maybe a little bit of light building up towards getting ready for training and, and just how they can get their body best prepared to be in their best condition. And I know it's a very short window, two weeks before you get back into the field, but how would you plan that two weeks for, say, intermediate level players or club players at a, at a lower level just trying to get back into it? 
yeah so what like what i'd advise is don't go from zero to zero in two weeks <laughs> um you know take it slow and like realistically i i know people aren't going to do that like most, the majority of people are probably like freaking out now they're going back in two weeks and i need to get fit and running the roads and running the fields and that's how like we talked about earlier that's how injuries happen and with the season being so condensed like if you pick up an injury you know you're in bother straight away because you're playing catch up number one as it is if you get an injury then you're playing two catch up and you know it's going to be extremely difficult so like in terms of diet you know just just get just get back doing the basics you know having your three main meals two snacks eating plenty of veg drinking your water it's hot outside you know make sure you're well hydrated you know, then the week after, you know, maybe try and get, you know, your post-workout, pre-workout right. You know, each week try make small improvements. You know, this week maybe try to do three really, really good sessions, you know, quality over quantity. And then next week maybe try adding an extra session, so four sessions then the week after. And, you know, you're back then in two weeks, so you're going to do three field sessions with your club and then maybe try get one extra session in yourself. You know, as I said, you know, don't go from zero to 100 straight away, you know, it's supposed to add to what Katie's saying there, Eddie. You know, the two Katie's here are part of the five percent of just being at the top of the game. So whether that's male or female, so you know, they have to have everything on point. Um, and probably we're missing a leg there where you know you have to train hard, you have to look after nutrition, but you also have to um, cover hard. So you need to make sure that you do your downtime right, make sure you're getting your sleep in as well, so that the, you know. You, you can't just keep hammering and hammering and then the body keeps breaking down and breaking down, you know, because if you can only recover to 95% and then you do another training session, you're back to 80 and then you only recover to 90%. You know, you need to be at that 100%. So recovery is super important as well. Um, and I suppose from my side, like I'm not, I'm not anywhere close to the training with the ladies. So, um, you know, the, um, the COVID lockdown research has showed that anywhere majority of people from 55 upwards have found their feet all of a sudden again and they're back training, they're back running, they're back walking and it's fantastic to see. But they're also saying that say the 35 to 55 of people lost out in the fitness the most and they've had the biggest step back because they're now working at home, they didn't get to walk to the bus into work or they're not walking around the office and you know maybe there's extra time with the kids at home, whatever it might be. So if they're trying to get back in then and back in training, as Katie said, you know, don't go 100% because maybe you were squatting 100 kilos maybe 150 kilos you go back in you say well i might try and get close but all of a sudden as you said you're injured you're gone for a month if not longer you need to look at the other side is if you're gone for that month you're deteriorating trying to recover that injury while the person that's also training not only if you were at the same point at the start of the month when you get the injury that person has excelled and is ahead of you not only by four weeks but actually eight weeks if you have gone back over those four weeks um, so, and as for Katie Nolan, because she's a whippet and she's, she's young, you know, they can just go cracking into it. But it is super important, you know, the 5Ks, 10Ks are great, you know, your fitness level through the roof and 2Ks alluded to already. You're on a single directional plane, you're just going one direction and that's, that's forward. Problem is that you don't, you're not doing that in hurling, you're, you're twisting, you're pulling, you're turning, you're changing direction, you're stopping, you're starting again. So. You need to make sure that your your power strength and your velocity is up there um so if you're you are going into the gym well you know maybe not going heavy squats might be the the right way about it you might want to go for maybe a hex bar 
you know, deadlift jump. So maybe, you know, only 40 kilos on the bar for the lads and, and doing a jump with it and landing lightly or maybe doing some uh, box jumps. Um, so you're getting that explosiveness, but you don't have to put um, weight on the body and, you know, put it under too much pressure. Because, you know, if you have put weight on, whether it be muscle or you know, like myself, I suppose, a bit of fluff on the side, the body has to deal with that that extra weight and moving direction as well. So um, talking to the, the three physios we have here, Jason, Siobhan and, and Paddy, and they said they're flat out the last three weeks with people kind of getting back out and all of a sudden they've had to change direction and they've gone over the ankle, very simple, or they've torn a hamstring or they've done something really, really small. So you just, you need to be careful, make sure you're recovering right. And I would always say as well, grand nutrition, Katie said, but three meals a day, two snacks, and then make sure you're hydrated. You know, um, the first thing to go when you're dehydrated is your eyesight, and the second thing to go is your, your tendons and your ligaments start to get brittle. Start get brittle, they tend to, um, they don't have as much flexibility in them tend to go as well. Um, but it's, uh, it's great to, I suppose, everybody heading out, um, you know, and if you're not sure what you're doing, I know we're here and we offer services online and whatnot, but there's there's definitely people within the clubs there that know strength and conditioning or know what they're doing or go physio. Just ask the question, and if you're not feeling it, you know your body right um, as well. So if you have sore knees or sore ankle and you're told to get in there and maybe hit the racks or you know you're in for a match, you know you need to turn around and just say, look, I'm, I'm not right. Um, I might need to step it out, and um, you know, and any coach or manager that's worth their salt. We'll listen to you because they know, as Katie said, you need to be at your top, um, the top level for the championship, and they need you there as well to get the results. Um, so yeah. Yeah. No. No. That's a hundred percent there, Richard. Um, just. Two two final questions I have for you there. Uh, the first one is, Katie Power, these lads are retiring you here beside you because anyone that's listening to the podcast that doesn't know you is going to think you're about 50. Um, Katie Nolan was calling you oh. one of the old ones on the team there and then Richard was on about the young ones. Katie, can you just confirm, I, how old are you now? I think you're 29, is it 28? I do more, I do more. <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> What? I I didn't catch it. What age are you, Katie Power? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah. Yeah. No, because if you if you if you were listening to this podcast and you were from up the north and you'd never heard of Katie Power, you'd say, oh, "Wasn't it lovely they brought in Katie Nolan's grandmother to talk about what it was like in the olden days playing with the Kilkenny Camogie team?" So I just wanted to confirm that that you're still uh, very very young. Uh, so obviously that's important to point out. But lads, and, and this is a, a very genuine question, and it can be put into your own personal terms and I want the three to answer it yourselves and just be as honest in your own honest opinion I, I looked at championships over the last number of years and it's not just take hurling or, or football and it's it's something that I've I've questioned and argued the league campaign is played first and then you go into the championship in a, in a, in a normal year and I'd specifically seen certain managers Davy Fitz famously does it or did it he took the Wexford job and he put all his eggs in one basket and they peaked in the National League and got promoted, which meant David Fitzgerald was going to be managing Wexford the following year because his year was seen as a, he'd done, he'd achieved something. They, 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 they got promoted in the National League. Most managers will focus their full, and they should, on the championship. The championship is what it's all about and that's what you need to win. Uh, you know, you want to win the All-Ireland. I don't, I think anyone will say they'll give up any National League medal for, for an All-Ireland medal. It's as simple as that. But from, from your starting point to peak fitness, you know, as in now I'm at my peak, now I'm priming. What 
process what length of time does that take you know individually Katie Power Katie Nolan Richard like to take a player from a moderate level of fitness to peak level of fitness for that level championship hurling what's the time frame that you should be working towards okay, then, you know I suppose if you're, if you're out in the pitch in hurling you've seen the lads are out and you guys are the week after, you know, I suppose you kind of need to be there right now for, for the ladies and the lads like that, you know, that, that they're, you need to have your strength and conditioning done and dusted um, at this point. And then after that, there's, you move your program into a maintenance um, to make sure, you know, that you're, you're, you're recovering, as I said, as best you can. Um, now the girls, they have their opinion on this, but, um, your work is done and dusted at this stage and you know it's all about your skills and going out there and then performing and and you know it's a little bit of competitive panel like you would with the uh Komogi Kikane team there at the minute you should be able to I suppose mix and match players come in and they'll, they'll perform where they have to and you still have that competitive nature um you know that maybe you get a rest week so in you know in and out so that you are ready when it comes to and the end of the season, but you need to be really, you do need to be kind of form, you know, from this, from what Messi comes, you Like, I, I think for the league, like, we use it as you know, you probably are 75% at your big carry yeah. Like, you'd see even in the lads, like, 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 National League and Kobe, like, people are blowing, like, they're, they're blowing steam and they're, they're finding it tough going, but that's where you build another level, like. So you could be playing three, four league games on the trot and you're at your 75%, 80% base, good fitness levels. So playing a month there on the trot, four hard games, that's another level picked on there. It's picked off straight away. Um, Maybe a month before chapters, they should be coming very peak. Yeah, like definitely. I think... What changes to get you to that peak? Games. Games. Games and intensity playing other teams. Like I think... You'll always have your good base, and I think if you put in a really good block of six to eight weeks, you'll be at your peak. Mm-hmm. If you play that, so. yeah. and is that a big is that a big hurling or is no. that oh. prior to league? No, like you'd use the league as as that as well. Like yeah. If you want to be peak fitness for the league, you're going to be blown up by the championship. Like yeah. You won't be able to maintain it for four, five, six months. And even if the panel is rotated, like you can bring in another player to play instead of matches and coming out again. I, like in terms of Komogi, it doesn't really. Everyone wants to give a draw in the league as well. Though. Yeah. It's like you're looking for your spot for <laughs> championship. So, yeah. yeah. You nearly want to be peaking in the league too. Uh, Katie, Katie Nolan, I could, I could, if Brian Downing's listening in there, you're, you're staking your, your place there. You're going to be letting them know that you won't be letting up. But I, I do take, uh, like, I'd be with, I'd be with the, 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 the point that the two Katie's are making. It's, it, you, you can't, we're not professional athletes. We're not. Premiership footballers, you can't be at peak level for forty-eight weeks of a season. It's about the Camogie Championships is condensed into really, it's probably seven weeks now, isn't it? The the actual championship from maybe eight weeks from the first league championship match through to the to the final. So, you know, the, the 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 real thing. What I'd be saying to you is, for a club player that's coming back now at a level of fitness that's that's going to be playing championship in. September. They've they've absolutely loads of time yeah. to to get to the level they need to be at. Would you would you would you agree with that? That it's like is is this what I'd say is strength and conditioning work 
three or four weeks, five weeks when they come back first, if they wanted to work on that to get that base level, and then it's you, you kick on from there and try and peak. Is it kind of four weeks out? Well, maybe you'd see you'd be taper in the back probably the week before the game then as well. So, like if they're playing start of September, you know, you'd want to know that you're you're going fairly well now by the starter the middle of August and late. So that means you'd want to put in a serious block from, you know, the middle of June to the end of July. Like, that's the way I would think of it. Even then when you're coming around to a championship playing, the sessions can be shorter, but like the intensity higher. Whereas now we have longer sessions, but maybe intensity might be as as high and it's it's that intensity in the training sessions that's going to work on the the intrinsic parts of the game that your your touch your movement things like that is that is that what you're saying there that the, the games kind of speed up more to a championship level in training yeah ground gets harder yeah the ball moves faster and the hitting is harder no, lads, you've been you've been absolutely brilliant with your time there uh, today, and and I and I do really appreciate you taking the time out to have a chat with us. Um, to the three, you know, in your own personal lives, uh, with your own works, I I really do wish you the very best. I really hope that TJ Reid Health and Fitness is back up and running again as soon as possible, and we get everybody back into the gyms and on the field to play. The two Katie's, Katie Nolan. I hope you can continue in uh, the great form you've started. You know, you've. You, you practically won that All-Ireland for them on your own there now so you can just keep going from there and, and, and maybe you can help that old lady beside you there Katie Power we might get her back into the team as well <laughs> no look you've been you've been absolutely brilliant you know thanks a million for, uh, for, for taking the call today and that is of course this week's Clash Act and thanks very much again to Katie Power, Katie Nolan and Richard Connolly and I look forward to speaking to you all again next week. 